Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley. Each week, I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon preparation, and they'll share with us a few things that we didn't hear from the sermon on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Hey, Jeff, it's Tuesday. How are you doing? Good. Good. Yeah, how are you? Uh, thankful for uh, this warm weather and sunshine. It feels like we've maybe turned corner. You hate to say that, uh, mid Midwest fake spring, but. Yeah, I felt the same way. I am so thankful for some nice weather and sun. And today I was like, can I let myself believe that spring is here? I don't know. I've got this, uh, I think I've even talked about it in past sermons. I've got this uh, beautiful hibiscus, you know, whatever you call it, a bush, a tree, small thing that um, I've unintentionally kill, tried to kill a couple of times and, and keep nursing it back to health. And now I'm thinking like, can I put it back out on the porch? Is, is it safe to take out of the sunroom and, and put it outside? And uh, so I'm, I'm still a little hesitant. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, I remember we had that snowstorm in April last year. So I'm kind of like, it's maybe some false hope I, right now, I guess, or I'm just being a little cautious because I'm like, don't get too excited, Claire. You never know. You live through enough Midwestern uh, late winter, early springs and you, yeah. Yeah, anything can happen. Well, um, let's jump into Cut for Time for today. Can you give us a summary from what you preached on on Sunday? Yeah, so we were in uh, Matthew chapter three, and uh, it so it uh, it jumps about uh, twenty five years from the end of Matthew chapter two. Uh, Jesus is uh, you know like maybe a toddler, and all of a sudden he's a young adult, and we meet uh, John the Baptist, who's out in the wilderness, calling people to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and uh, then Jesus appears and uh, says he's coming to be baptized by John, who tells him, no, I, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus says, yeah, that's right, but we need to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And Jesus is baptized, and it's this wonderful Trinitarian image. Uh, Jesus comes up out of the water. The, the People see the Holy Spirit descend in the form of a dove on the Son, and the Father's voice from heaven says, this is my Son. My beloved son, with him I am well pleased. And uh, so fitting in with that, uh, you know, the series theme, as promised, it, there's a lot going on here. Uh, John, uh, in pointing to Jesus, you know, he says, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. So he himself is echoing back to Isaiah 40 and this promise that God says he's going to send his messenger ahead of him. So we're supposed to anticipate Yahweh, God himself, showing up on the scene when we hear that voice. Uh, and then uh, John is the, has this message of repent, which basically means turn around. You're, you're headed the wrong way. And, and John's kind of giving a warning and an invitation to us uh, to recognize the ways that we may need to reconsider life in light of what John is saying and who he's pointing to. And, and what he's pointing to is Jesus and this message from the Father, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And that son imagery, again, Matthew is always inviting us to look back to where have I heard that before? What does that make me think of? 
Uh, so it makes us think of the, the son of God from Psalm 2, who is the king that's going to sit on David's throne, and how Jesus is the, the king that we need, but we maybe don't want to need. And uh, the son imagery is also about the, the chosen one, the anointed of God, who is going to be the representative of God in this world in the ways that we're supposed to be, but we're not. So Jesus is the representative that we don't want to need. And, mm -hmm. and John's message is pointing out, again, the ways that we fail and why we need Jesus. And then uh, finally, that message, this is my beloved son, the one in whom I'm pleased. It's a recognition that that's not really true of me and myself. And that's why I need Jesus, because he's the righteousness that I need, but I don't want to acknowledge that I need. And, and so this call of John to repent and focus on Jesus is an invitation to wholeness and life and sanity and rescue. Um, it, it, Jesus is the fulfillment of everything God has promised he's going to do and all the stuff we've failed to be. And that's humbling, but it's ultimately good news. Yeah, yep. Um, I mean, we've probably all been there prior to like really accepting, you know, accepting the Lord and walking with the Lord. Um, I know I was in denial about my mm -hmm. need for righteousness or need for this rescue. And so even now it's always a good, fresh reminder of my own um, frailty or my own sin or my own need. But I just think back, it, it just makes me think back to, wow, you know, years ago before I started walking with the Lord, I was really not, I just don't know how I would have heard this sermon. I think it would have mm -hmm. been really hard to hear. I was too stubborn or stuck in my ways or prideful or self-reliant, which I'm still all those things, just like hopefully some a degree transformed since walking with Christ, but um, it would have been really hard to hear. And so um, it's a mm -hmm. much needed message for anybody in their walk with Christ. Oh, thanks. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, exactly, Claire. I mean, yes, it's so, of course, there's the, there's the direct appeal that, you know, John continues to make through his word recorded by Matthew to, to those who don't know Jesus. And yet it's the same word to us in some ways. I mean, Martin Luther said the whole of the Christian life is repentance, not meaning that, you know, we need to get saved again as if that were even a thing but meaning the, the whole experience of our Christian life is a continual recognition of my failure and God's provision of a savior in the face of my failure. Because I mean, every time I sin, I'm choosing something over God, right? Every, every time I wander away, every time I lose my temper, every time, you know, I boast about myself, every time I, you know, take some moral shortcut, it's a reminder of, what I need to turn from and why I need a savior and how God's provided one. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a hard message, but a good message. You know, it's, it's hard because it attacks our pride and our self-righteousness, mm -hmm. but it's good that it attacks those things because those are, uh, you know, there's no life in them. Um, it's just what, one of the things that I, you know, ran across from a commentator that I shared in the message was uh, there's only two ways to deal with sin. We either justify it, we excuse our, we excuse it, we defend ourselves, uh, and that leads to death and sorrow, or we confess it, which 
to our pride, to our flesh feels like death, but it actually leads to life. It leads mm -hmm. to joy and, and fulfillment and gratitude. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what John is pointing us towards in Jesus. Uh, for, for those that have never come to know him and for those of us that have been walking with him for a long time. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Jeff. What does um, confession of sin look like? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, James tells us to confess our sins to one another, right? Which is not one of those verses that we really like to trumpet because, you know, that's, that's hard. That's uncomfortable. And I, and I don't think James is making an absolute statement in every case. Um, Confession is ultimately, yes, about acknowledging before God, and I think appropriately before others, as appropriately before others, what we have done wrong, where we have fallen short, where we have sinned against others. Um, so there's an element, of course, most foundationally, like David says in Psalm 51, speaking to the Lord against you and you only have I sinned and which is kind of weird because well, he sinned a lot against Bathsheba and Uriah and all kinds of people. But David is acknowledging that the most foundational problem is that I'm sinning against God because I'm putting myself in his place. I'm, I'm re-enacting the sin of our first parents, which is saying, I don't need to ask God. I'll just decide for myself and I'll be the judge of what's good and evil. Mm -hmm. And confession is acknowledging that and repentance is related to that. It's sort of, it's the coming to our senses about that reality and turning away from it. it it's, so the confession is the acknowledgement of it, but that's where we talk about confession and repentance. So it's one thing to say, boy, you know, I really blew it. That was wrong. That was hurtful. It was sinful. It was selfish repentance is saying, and, and I don't want to be that kind of person. I, I hate that I did that. And I want to go in a different direction. I want God to help me be the person that Jesus has saved me to be. And there may be some action that goes with that. So there's confession, repentance. And in some cases, there may need to be some kind of restitution or addressing it with others. So when James is calling us to confess our sins to one another, I think he's inviting us certainly to acknowledge to those whom we have wronged that we have wronged them. I think there is also probably encouraging us to have people in our lives who can help hold us accountable and who know the reality of what's going on in our lives. Um, I think it's, it's been well said, sin thrives in the dark. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, John in his epistles brings that out, that, that uh, imagery of light and dark. We, we want to walk in the light as children of light. And, and that means being honest with God and with others about what we've done wrong. So I don't think there's, you know, the short answer would be, I don't, I don't think there's an absolute biblical command that, you know, we have to go confess our sins to someone, certainly not to a priest in order to receive absolution. That's, you know, we go to Jesus directly. Uh, but I think there is, it is appropriate for us to confess to those whom we have wronged uh, and, and to acknowledge it. And especially again, if, if we've sinned against them in a way that requires restitution. Um, yeah, I, I gossiped against this person and I need to go to the people that I gossiped to and own that and tell them I was wrong 
and I, I misrepresented this person. Uh, you know, if I took something that belonged to me, I need to make that right with the person that I have taken something from. If I've mm -hmm. harmed someone's reputation, if I've, um, you know, I mean, it, it goes, you know, there's a thousand different directions that can take. Um, so th that's uh, where the repentance is, I think we could say in a sense, repentance is seen in our willingness to make right what we have done wrong. So confession to others would certainly be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks for laying that out. Well, Jeff, um, we have a few minutes left. Is there anything that you needed to cut for time from your sermon? Because you were short on time. Yeah. Um, there's this great little imagery that's happening here in the passage that I got to share briefly in first hour, but not in the 1045 service. And it's this imagery of how Jesus is reenacting in his life, in a sense, the, the story of God's people, the, the story of Israel as God's son that failed, right? So, uh, Matthew says, uh, quoting Hosea, out of Egypt, I called my son. And, and he says, oh, that's mm -hmm. also about Jesus, who as an infant is called out of Egypt. And then we get to this baptism scene with Jesus. And it's, it's you can almost envision what's going on here. God calls his son out of Egypt. He brings him through the waters and and Paul in 1 Corinthians makes this fascinating statement about how the children of Israel were baptized into Moses through the sea. So their passing through the, the Red Sea as God splits the water was a type of baptism that Jesus is now reenacting in his own baptism. And now he's going to go into the wilderness for 40 days where he's going to be tempted and tested and that's the next section we're coming to it's just this beautiful imagery of just as god promised that he would have a son who would reflect him to the world and walk in righteousness and and display his glory to the nations mm -hmm. and that's what we have failed to do what god's people have failed to do but his one son will do it and has mm -hmm. done it yeah. and that's good news yeah. Uh, that God is not just writing off that part of our history as God's people where we fail, but he's actually redeeming it through his son. Mm -hmm. And that even changes how we look uh, at the, the Old Testament history and even our own lives uh, with hope that God is not just wiping it out, ignoring it, moving on to something different. He's redeeming it and he's mm -hmm. going to turn it into something beautiful through Jesus. Yeah, I love being able to see the plan in its entirety, right? It wasn't like, you know, God was like, hmm, my plan's not working. I'm going to come up with a new plan and I'll send Jesus. But like, we get to see how it's all like connected and like from the very first moment and like from uh -huh. Genesis to this New Testament and like to the Gospels, we see Jesus being always a part of the plan. Right. Yeah. And, and I just want to say, you know, again, quickly, it's not like you have to make all these connections to, to get Jesus to make sense of him. Right. It's, it's not like you have to be an Old Testament scholar and dig all this stuff out to see 
who Jesus is and what he's done. It's just that there's just so many layers of richness and depth and connection. And, and the more we see those things, the more I think it causes us to worship and just be blown away in awe and gratitude, uh, just like you were saying. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithliveitout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.